0: Hi, Corbin. Remnant News, and I am honored and privileged to have an amazing guest with me today by the name of Stephen Strength. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. It is an honor, sir. I've been following your work for years. Now, you are the CEO and founder of Charisma Magazine. Is that correct? That's
1: right. We started in 1975, and uh, of course, back then it was only print. Things have changed a lot. You know, we didn't have. Uh, what did we have? Cell phones? Yeah. <laughs> the internet? Right. We didn't actually, uh, the personal computer came out around the same time. It's amazing what technology has had. And now we have podcasts. We never heard a podcast back then.
0: Well, and you and I were just talking about the fact that you have a podcast network. I didn't even know that. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, I need to talk to the marketing department if you <laughs> didn't know about it. It's the Charisma Podcast Network. We have 41 programs. You know, they're they're Christian-oriented, but they're also on all the other platforms. But uh, it's kind of a safe place to come. Yeah. You know, I've listened to some of the big podcasts to get in my mind kind of what people are listening to. And I mean, some of them you don't even want to listen to because they're so foul. Right. And how do, you, how do you find the ones that are good? So that's why we started it. And, of course, it is you know getting out the word which is what we do through uh... magazines you know we have several magazines but magazines uh, admittedly are on the decline as new media come out but we publish books we p- jonathan Kahn's book the harbinger and really all of his books are our biggest sellers and now of course i'm writing books as well um, in fact uh... You know, I hope this doesn't sound like bragging, but recently somebody did an article and wanted to know how many books we'd published. I had no idea. Yeah. So I had, so we did a little research. I published 3,000 books. Oh my gosh. 2,000 of which are still in print. Wow. So podcasts for us are just another way to do it. And people listen to it in the car. It's, it, it, uh, it's really kind of the new radio in some ways. And unlike radio, uh, which is here and gone. Uh, podcasts around forever and my, uh, my own podcasts. about half the downloads I get every month are from previous podcasts and uh, really they're around you know forever until you take it down so uh, I'm a big fan of podcasts.
0: Yeah, I mean, somebody from Los Angeles is like myself, I sit in about two hours of traffic a day at least. Uh, so for me, podcasts are essential, and it's a uh, it's a great time for me to spend time with the Lord. To, you know, to hear the truth. And there is a lot of false information out there. There's a lot of skewed media. And I want to get into your book because I'm so excited about your new book. And it's uh, it looks like it just was released on January 14th. It's called God, Trump, and the 2020 Election. And we are in a season where it seems like in our nation, and, and you mentioned you've been in this industry for many many years. Seems like it's the most polarized that I've seen, uh, and a lot of that is uh, you know because of what the me- mainstream media is doing in inducing this polarization. And you at Charisma are combating that, and you're standing for truth. Tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired it.
1: Well, when I started Charisma, Gerald Ford was president, and. Uh, I was trained in secular university, the University of Florida, and I actually write in the book about uh, how unstable the '60s and early '70s were. And uh, you know, at the University of Florida, there were riots um, about Vietnam. Only time in my life I was ever tear gassed was in one of those <coughs> riots, and actually, I was covering it as a student journalist. I wasn't literally a protester, but the student newspaper and me, to a certain extent, were kind of uh... sympathetic uh... there were riots right after uh, you're too young to remember but there were four students killed by the national guard at kent state and that was a you know a big big deal and but i saw back then foreshadowing of what the press is now because the student newspaper was all in with the protesters then i worked uh... for the orlando sentinel for several years and uh, i could see how liberal the newsroom was and i was a christian and people were not rude to me as I recall but I was absolutely ostracized Um, and that really didn't mean anything other than I just decided fairly early in my career I did not want to spend my life clawing my way to the top and had an idea to start a little magazine and that became charisma and by God's grace um, you know it's grown to where now we publish uh, books and you know we mention podcasts, but also publish the Bible the modern English version and so I'm just someone who has gone through open doors, as the Lord has opened them. And uh, you know, I, I I've been politic Well, actually, in the book, I admit that I was a Democrat for many years. Um, but back then, the issues were the Vietnam War and civil rights, and also everybody in the South was when I was young was a Democrat. It was a holdover from uh, you know. The Civil War, frankly, but uh, be- mainly because of the abortion issue, I switched over. And of course, the the issue about same-sex marriage wasn't even thought about, as far as I was concerned. And but I'm no no fan of the Republican Party, and I write this in the book, God Trump in the 2020 Election. It's not like the Republican Party is wonderful. It's just that in a binary system, the Republican Party platform tends to back things that you know are pro-family and Pro-life. Now, the Republicans say one thing. In fact, I have a whole chapter called um, "Washington and Evangelicals Before Trump," and it goes goes back really to Jimmy Carter, at, when is the first time in the political realm that the word evangelical was even bantied around. Now, Jimmy Carter himself would would have been an evangelical. In other words, he's born again, and the word "born again" became popular in the culture back in that era but jimmy carter has become very very liberal as everyone knows but uh... you know there's a lot of funny things about i actually go into a lot of this stuff in the book trying to help the reader get a context of where we are today and it and the left that has become just more and more extreme but i saw it even back in the sixties and seventies and um, it's just become far more and the republicans we'd vote for the republicans cuz they told us something and then they did nothing and i mean we see with mitt romney you know what happened with him and uh, both of the bushes voted for hillary clinton i mean figure that out yeah. uh, it is just crazy and then this outsider who people didn't even like yeah. in fact what i what i've said in some settings is that christians were praying and god sent us someone we didn't even like in the yeah. for, Form of Donald Trump. I mean, married three times, made his money on a lot of his money on gambling. Um, you know, had a. Uh, you know, the tabloids covered a lot of his exploits in the '80s. I was actually for Ted Cruz initially because I knew he was a strong Christian. I knew he was tough as nails. We needed someone as tough as nails, but of course, Donald Trump is ten times, a hundred times tougher than Ted Cruz. And I really respect it Ted Cruz, but I mean. Uh, Uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, who I count as a friend, uh, told me, and I quoted him in the book, that any other president would be in the fetal position in the Oval Office with all the attacks he's had. And I believe those attacks are really spiritual in nature. I mean, we we look at them in in, uh, political terms, and of course the politics are involved. But I mean, this goes way beyond the normal political discourse. And I was on Fox and Friends a couple weeks ago, and... I said that, that, in my opinion, the hatred, the absolute hatred, you know, what we call Trump derangement syndrome, actually um, can only be explained in spiritual terms. And I said Christians call that spiritual warfare. And in my book, it's divided into three parts. The final part is uh, spiritual warfare, uh, understanding spiritual warfare. There's a chapter called Spiritual Warfare and Donald Trump. and. Uh, There's a section on understanding Donald Trump. He is not the monster everybody makes him out to be. I I talked to him once on the phone and interviewed him once face to face, and found him to be uh, fairly soft-spoken and respectful, which is not the picture you get in the media. And people who know him better than I do, you know, say he one of the ways that he maintains his equilibrium is he surrounds himself with his family. He plays chess with Baron every time he can get, yeah. plays golf as often as he can fit it in. And this is how he kind of keeps from just getting totally, totally stressed out. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the press will often run a picture of the president when they go in. And then after like four or eight years and, and they just they age yeah. like 15, 20 years. But not Donald Trump. He looks exactly the same. Amazing. And how he does it, I don't know. But, I mean, I think he's a strong leader. He's a good leader. He's certainly a champion of Christian values. But, and right now, you know, it looks like he's going to win, partly because the Democratic Party is just in absolute disarray. I've never seen, um, you know, I've been, I have been aware of elections, even as a child, from John Kennedy and Richard Nixon. And, uh you know, in 1968 there were riots at the Democratic National Convention, which we may see again, especially if Bernie doesn't get the nomination. So we've had some tough times in politics, but nothing like this. And, But you know, at the same time, it's, off, it's allowed people, Christians, to stand up and be counted and to have a voice in it. They want our votes, um, of course. Uh, but you know evangelicals uh, let's say Harry Truman's administration did they ever talk about evangelicals no you know it didn't really come into play until as I said Jimmy Carter but uh, Christian leaders who are my friends who have more access to the president than I do say they they have never had more access to the president they talk to him they pray with him I think he listens to them I was with a man this week I uh, was in a group of uh, leaders and he was telling us confidentially that he 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 felt a word from the Holy Spirit that he needed to give to the president. Now he wouldn't tell us what it was because it was confidential but he said the the president actually paused and listened to him and he, he wasn't ostracized so uh, we can only speculate of course what that was but you know here was a man, a, a man I highly respect who had an opportunity felt a word from the Lord and, and delivered it to the president. Well, this doesn't make the press. And, you know, occasionally Charisma will say something about this, but, uh, you know, we have a big following, but it's, you know, it, it, it's a tiny fraction of the whole. And um, even a lot of Christians kind of take the attitude, yeah, 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 that's nice, you know, uh, tell me something new. And even with the election, a lot of Christians, I think, are being a little complacent. Uh, they're busy a lot of times they are busy serving the Lord they're so active at their church they can hardly get involved but you know the thing is that we we're going to lose our rights they're gonna slip away there's people that want to take away our rights right now they're being held back by uh, our Constitution by the rule of law that we still have it's not perfect but it's still there otherwise the Democrats would have Just gotten rid of the president. It was it was a bloodless coup attempt, and so I try to you know these are the kinds of things I bring out in the book. I hope it's a good read for people. Uh, I've been told that it is. It's available far and wide. We work very hard. It's not easy to get Christian books into the secular book arena. It's just not. But Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Costco, BJ's, uh, a few uh grocery chains in other parts of the country with names like T- teeter, I think is one. We don't have that down in Florida where I live. But I mean it's widely available, people can get it. And of course you can always get it. There's several very good online retailers as well as and we have a site. In fact, uh, if they go to our site which is God Trump twenty twenty, which is kind of a shortened version of the name, godtrump 2020com and buy it there all the books that we sell on that site are autographed by the author. That's a very important signature I want you to know. (laughs) Uh, Some some people like to collect uh, autographed uh, books, especially first editions. So I just encourage people to take advantage of it. But also, it helps, uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes things, some of which I've referred to. It helps people to understand, to be able to be more articulate when they're in situations talking to uh, friends or neighbors or co-workers. You know, a lot of Christians tend to be nice people. You know, they're trying to follow Jesus. They're trying to be as ge- like the gentle Jesus. But You know, Jesus um, himself uh, ran the money changers out of the temple. He, you know, look what he called the Pharisees. He said, you're like uh, white sepulchers on the outside and inside you have dead man's bones. Uh, but so we, we tend to be nice then, and also they tend to be kinda of passive like this is good it's good to be passive well it's dangerous to be passive and this is my way in a very logical rational journalistic way to help them see that they can do something i've done a lot of media interviews and when i have the chance i say everybody has a sphere of influence even even a grandma That's right. influences ten or twenty people children or grandchildren a few neighbors some people at church and and we can speak up and everyone is influenced by kind of what they hear especially from peers who they respect and uh there are a lot of people that all they watch is cnn and so that's all they know and after a while when you hear it again and again and again and again you begin to believe well maybe there's some truth to it but this is spiritual warfare and and really we need to uh, vote, but we also need to pray. And um, at this leaders' meeting that I was at, uh, they were talking kind of confidentially about different points in the election where things happened, and it was when groups of intercessors really started to pray. Okay. Now, how do you prove that? You can't. How do you report that? It's hard to do, except in a setting like this. Right. Most people would poo poo it as a bunch of superstition. But you and I know that that's not true. In fact, the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. It's just that we can't see it, and people who don't know and understand God, who aren't led by the Holy Spirit, can't understand it any more than very uh, uh, Aboriginal people that maybe live in remote parts of the world can't really understand electricity or something because you can't see it. Or how do we understand gravity? You can't see it, you can only see its effect. But we're in a spiritual war, it isn't just a selection, the enemy wants to take every one of us down individually, he wants to ruin our marriages, he wants us yeah. to fall into sin, I mean, of course, but that's at a personal level, but that it's manifested at a national and international level, and listen, God is I believe that God has raised up the United States to be strong right. in order to um, protect democracy around the world, help keep bad guys in check. Yeah. I mean, if America just becomes another can- nation like Canada, yeah there's all kinds of bad guys either they're going to rise to the service yes they'll step exactly they'll step into the vacuum and of course there are some really bad guys like Iran and and North Korea but I think China is a much more serious threat and I have documentation in here that the Chinese communist funnel money to some, some really communist groups in our country in order to have them affect elections and I actually have proof Uh, or I should say documentation on how it went from one group to another that did all this stuff to flip Virginia and they're trying to flip other states as well and, you know, the media just talks Russia, Russia, Russia and a lot of them actually kind of defend China which is, thank God Donald Trump has stood up to them and uh, China has its own problems uh, and now with the coronavirus it's just very very serious you know but God's hand is at work he he's got some plan but for right now in the next few months in 2020 we as Christians have to focus on This election, because if not, a lot of things are going to change, and we're going to have a lot of problems that we're not having now. That's
0: right. I mean, uh, you know, we've been going around. I was talking to you before the the show, and uh, we're talking about how, um, you know, uh, we're talking about the non-negotiables. in around a hundred churches, Craig and I, and you know, we're we're talking about Israel. We're talking about Christian persecution, Christian rights and liberties, and abortion. And in some churches, there, especially in Southern California, uh, we were at a Calvary Chapel church in the Inland Empire the other day, and we were talking about these non negotiables and the woman who's a believer left and said uh... you know what i really don't like donald trump But after hearing about the non-negotiables today and looking at it from a biblical lens, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. And so we talk about how there's a spectrum of believers, even in the Christian community. Some people love everything about him. Some feel he's like a Cyrus-type figure. You know, some people kind of don't really like him, but he's the only option. You know, and then you kind of go down the spectrum into all the way to there's some believers who vote Democrat and like Democrat candidates. But I was watching the debate last night. And I mean, the Democrat Party has got so far left uh, that Bernie Sanders, a socialist who literally honeymooned in the Soviet Union is looking to be their front runner uh, another candidate is an outright homosexual who, by the way knows the bible really well and used it to his advantage uh... but in a way that's adverse to the truth and so what we're seeing it, it's not the democrat party of john f kennedy this is a very far left version very scary and as you said uh... a lot of support from china uh... in our you know in our school institutions you know in our media in hollywood this is a battle and that's why i always take it back as a, as a pastor this isn't political. This is a battle between light and darkness, as you mentioned. And so, I think this book is so timely because it's really bringing all those aspects together. And one of the things that really, um, you know, encourages me about President Trump is I've never seen anyone surrounded with more warriors with more believers with more influential leaders that are speaking in his life including yourself and uh, this evangelical council board many of my friends are on that board and you know I watch I know that they have access to the president I know they laid hands on him so uh, in in closing here because I know you got a busy schedule today Stephen but what what can we do to motivate to activate our community uh, obviously buying the book because I think that's important to educate people but for those that are on the fence for those that that 20 to 20 that are still uh, against our president. What do you see in this next election? Uh, We're looking at a Supreme Court where we could have as many as four openings uh, in the next presidential term. How consequential is this election?
1: Well, if it's boiled down to one thing, it's really that because the left uh, generally is not able to get their policies passed because Americans don't want them. Same sex marriage is the best and most recent example. If there was nothing else, but one um, issue, it would be that. And it's probably what got, got Donald Trump elected. You know, he did something unprecedented. He actually released a list of the, uh, from which he would pick the nominees. Then he later updated it and added a few more names. And he's actually done that. And uh, that is very important. And there's nothing wrong with one issue <laughs> decisions And we're not voting on uh, him as a personality, you know. I mean, he he is a personality. You know, he was actually a celebrity on television. He's got a personality, unlike the Democrats that are running. I mean, contrast him and Bloomberg. But that's, you know, in our media-rich culture, all that kind of stuff seems important, but it's really not important. It's the issues, and also not. not voting for the other person. I mean, you know, this is hyperbole, but what what if Trump was running against Fidel Castro? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, that's where I was going with it. In a way, in a way he is. People need to wake up. I would think that any American would vote against Fidel Castro. I mean, you just would. And that's why I use it as a silly example. Um, And frankly, I wasn't so much for Trump as I was against Hillary Clinton and they talk about never Trumpers um, and uh, I was I was an ABC voter you ever hear of that it was anybody but Clinton yeah, yeah. and uh, of course I have come to respect admire him he's a great leader um, I've studied him obviously uh, after the you know his his election in 2016 was prophesied by Christian prophets now you know you and I are from a Pentecostal background so we under, we kind of understand that or at least we talk about it in our circles yeah. and but in the wider culture they just think it's nonsense but yet it happened and you have to wonder if God is at work somehow and I felt that was an untold story because I read uh, Roger Stone's book interesting yeah. that Roger Stone's in the news now but yeah. he wrote a book called making of the president yeah. I read Doug Weed's book called uh, uh game of thorns and then I read Newt Gingrich's book uh, on Donald Trump the name escapes me right this minute but it was about the election and they barely gave a page or half a page to the evangelical vote period let alone it won the election but also they did not discuss the spiritual aspect at all and I felt and we we had done many articles on the election we done articles in fact it was important to me to put on the record these prophecies knowing that if they didn't come through true it would be embarrassing for everyone but I've had too many times where sincere Christian leaders something will happen you know 9-11 happens and they say oh I prophesied that three years ago right. and maybe they did but there is absolutely no proof and even some of the, a couple of the prophets uh... hedged their prophecies in case it didn't come true but there were there were four that i documented actually five because it was the catholic holy man i mean it was the most bizarre story um, who in the nineteen eighties prophesied that a businessman named donald trump was going to move america toward god and this story kind of came out after the election and i researched it people have found it very very interesting and you know, why would God reveal that to a, a man from Italy? But I believe those kind of things can happen. Yeah. And I, I believe that it needed to be put on the record. And instead of hiring someone to write the, the book, I, I wanted to do it myself. Wow. So that was God and Donald Trump, followed by Trump Aftershock, and now God Trump in the 2020 election. So I've written about 300,000 words on Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I've immersed myself in yeah. it. And I have come to respect him. He, he's a great leader. Um, it it pains me that he gets the attacks he does. Uh, you know, they the press hated George W. Bush. Uh, they weren't too kind to George H. W. Bush. They they hated Ronald Reagan, and they hated Richard Nixon. I mean, it's like everyone. Who's not a Democrat? Because the press is mostly Democrat, and as I told you earlier, I saw that up close and personal. And frankly, when I was a work, when I was a secular journalist, I was also a Democrat. But I want Christian people to see the um, to see what's at stake, and to be involved. Uh, you know, I'm a publisher, so yes, I like to sell books. But I did not do this just to sell books. I did this way this to inject myself into the dialogue I would have never been able to talk about spiritual warfare on Fox had I not written this book yeah. and it has opened a lot of doors I've done major media and I I basically done any media that asked me to do it you yeah. know it's just um and you know there are a lot of radio stations in El Paso Texas or somewhere yeah, yeah. but you know there are people there who need in fact Texas is a swing state now right. so El Paso is important like but also I I want the church to get uh, woken up, interesting, I use the same, I mean, they probably picked it from the same English word, uh, awake or awoke. Um, because after Donald Trump is out of office, and he will be, even if he's reelected, he'll be out in 2025, we're going to have a lot of these same issues. And we really need to, to move the pendulum in the other direction. And these things can happen. And, you know, as we wrap this up, I'll just give you one example. The 60s were very volatile. We had Haight-Ashbury, right. the Summer of Love. Uh, we had Woodstock. We had the riots about Vietnam and on and on. The hippie movement looked like it was taking over an entire generation. Drugs and free sex and everything else. Then the Jesus movement happened. Yeah. Okay, tell me where there's a hippie today. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it disappeared from the culture. That's right. And the country, you can see it politically, the country moved from very, very liberal with Lyndon Baines Johnson and then Jimmy Carter, back to more conservative with Ronald Reagan. Uh, family values began to be more, um, you know, more important in the culture. Now, there were other things too. There was a charismatic movement in the Catholic Church. Different things did happen, but that was where we saw a shift in our country. And other times in history with the different great awakenings, yes. Um, even though the secular historians usually don't give it much credit, but you know, even in England with John Wesley, uh, this was not too long after the French Revolution, and there are historians uh, who do think that John Wesley and his Methodist movement may have uh, prevented England from having a French Revolution type of revolution. Uh, I know of there are there are little reports about how christians were praying during world war ii it's hard to document we didn't have the same you know we didn't have youtube back then and all that kind of stuff but i believe that you know there are miracles in fact i go into this in the book talking about um eisenhower and Patton and some of these things there were miracles that happened to help us can you imagine what the world would be like if hitler had won you know you and i would not be sitting here today would have been entirely different. And while the circumstances are different, the players are different. It's it's not a war that is um, a shooting war where millions upon millions are killed. Yeah. It is still serious, serious, serious. And we have to stand up. We have to take our part, just like That's our forefathers right. did. And um, and and right now, where we are, <laughs> yeah. is we've got to get Donald Trump reelected. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, Stephen. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know you got to go. We are praying for revival in our nation. I know you believe that as well. Uh, we believe the church is meant to be the head, not the tail. And uh, this is one of the ways is you can go and buy the book "God, Trump, and the 2020 Election" by Stephen Strang. It's informative. You're going to get the information that you need. If you're on the fence, I think you're going to see from a biblical lens why this is super crucial. Thank you so much for being on the show, sir. Tell us uh, where we can find you on Twitter, uh, online, where.
1: Well, on Twitter, I, it's my uh, first initial and last name, so it's at S. Strang, S-S-T-R-A-N-G. Uh, on Facebook, I'm listed as Stephen E. Strang, and uh, but you can get my podcast, The Strang Report, on the Charisma Podcast Network, and I have a new podcast called God, Trump, the 2020 Election, tied into the book. Yeah, may, yeah. I need to ask you for permission to air your podcast
0: on my podcast. So when the time comes, it would be wonderful. Well, that's a true honor, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show, sir. Thank you. The book is called God Trump in the Twenty Twenty Election. It can be found on Amazon and on all of the different book resources out there online. His name is Stephen E. Strang. Thank you, Stephen, for being on the show, and God bless you. We'll be back with more Remnant news.